podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So excited you decided to join us today. Uh, before we jump in, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. You aren't going to find anything else like it. They are our sponsors because I own three of them and I truly believe in this machine. I truly believe in the people that work there and the product. Uh, mention Coach Unplugged and we'll give you $400 off. Just say Coach Collins sent me. Coach Unplugged sent me, and they'll take really, 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 really good care of you. Trust me. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. 14-day free trial. Um, you're going to want to check it out before prices increase. You know, it's just that things happen. <laughs> Coach Collins has only got so many hours in a day. Go over and check it out. It's got the roadmap. It's got everything that you need to become a better basketball coach in one stop. You know, if you're looking for clinic videos, if you're looking how to break a one-three-one, if you're looking how to run a zone offense, if you're looking how to, to pick an offense, if you're looking for anything, it's got it there for you as I hit my microphone. Oh, well, um, it, you know, and it also helps us pay the bills, helps us keep all these podcasts, um, the high school hoops and five minute basketball coaching podcasts and funnel down and all these things free to you. Um, teachhoops.com is what pays the bills and keeps the lights on. So um, we'd love if you went over and check that out and let's head off to the podcast. Running that uh we try to go three minutes on, three minutes off, depending on foul trouble. That you know, it it worked fine for the first six minutes. And then typically, somebody starts getting in foul trouble, and you can't keep your rotations going. So you got to have an extra. We have twelve kids. Um, every one of them play about the same amount of minutes. It was this. I'd been looking at the system and toying with the system for a while, and a parent brought me a book that broke it down. I mean, I've got it in my office. I started reading that book, and, and it made a lot of sense, and it fit the girls that we're going to have for the next couple of years, because we're going to have some speed. We're going to have average size. Um, we got s- some smart basketball players that learn how to use their body. Uh, and so we started implementing it. And p- that Cardinal drill was one of the first things we implemented. Then you've got, we have another shooting drill, which is three point. It's you got two in the, you know, two people down on the baseline with basketballs, three people, one of them, ha- the one in the middle has a basketball and that person dribbles down the middle of the court, lays it in. Y'all, you probably run that before. And the out two, outside two people come down to the three-point line. They get a pass from the baseline, take their shots. We, we do that probably for five, six minutes at a time. And they have a point total there again that they have to meet in order to be successful. When we first did it, they were having a hard time getting 100 points. By the time we finished, they were well over 200. Really? And it's just a continual, continual shooting again. It's three gets three and a two gets two and a one gets one. And I have a manager who she was pulling her hair out, trying to keep track of all the shots and how they were going in and stuff. So it ended up, that is hard. Know, a, Usually we have a coach look in each direction when we're doing. Yeah, some that's of that what we ended it, up having to do. It's hard. Like for, yeah. for a young coach that's listening to this, when you're doing some of that stuff and you're doing and you're using both baskets and you're doing things fast and you're by yourself, it's really hard to keep score. So I've literally put two of my assistants. They know when we're doing specific drills. One picks one basket, one picks the other. And then literally we'll have somebody on the scoreboard probably trying to keep track of it. But it's hard. It's We've tried to do it with one person. And it's like either you, you can't do it. You just miss you miss them. And then, you know, <laughs> that, it defeats the purpose. Um, 
So, so how has the community and the in the girls and all that kind of lean thought about this or leaned into this? Uh, they embraced it at first last year, and then when they recognized the effort they were going to have to put into the defensive side of this, because the defensive side has to be as up tempo as the offensive side has to be, and we were getting beat off the dribble because we are in defensive transition because we weren't getting back fast enough because we expended so much energy. And we ran a lot. I mean, we were in shape. We just right. weren't mentally tough enough to put both of the side ends together. So we ended up playing man the final third of the season where we recognized who we were playing against and we would shadow the, their best player with our best defender. And then they had to play four on four against us for the most part. And we were able to use our athleticism and our shooting ability by those two girls to win the majority of the last third of the season game. I mean, we had, we had a, a run there where we scored 80 points plus in three games in a row. That's um, a lot. That's a lot for that yeah. level. Uh, what, what, how do you practice plan this then? How, how did, how did things pivot for you with practice planning? We I block out 30 minutes just to five spot three. So they will shoot a hundred. Each kid will shoot a hundred shots. We've got six baskets that we use in our gym. So they'll go 25 from each corner, 25 from each uh, wing and then 25 from the top. So it's actually 125 shots. Um, Stationary. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. just spot up shooting. Okay. And um, then we add in uh, the Cardinal drill and that other shooting drill. So we're spending of our, two to two and a half hour practice, we're spending 45 to 50 minutes just shooting the basketball. We spend the rest of it um, working on defensive stuff. And this year I'm going to incorporate some dribble drive concepts out of it because in looking at our film, I think we're better going downhill to the basket than spot shooting threes. And we get we can get a three-point play out of a and one you know, we're going to, we're going to get the same thing. Plus the clock will stop and kids can, you know, catch your breath. <laughs> right. Have you, have you ever had problems, not necessarily with the in shape thing, but with foul trouble or all of a sudden you've got, you know, seven, eight, nine, twelve oh, yeah. on the court. It's like, Holy crud. Who do yeah. I play at this point? How, yeah, do, how do you usually, adjust to that? It usually ends up our post players, are the ones that get in foul trouble. So when they get in foul trouble, I have to, we go small and we'll just end up running a five out type offense. Again, making as many multiple passes and looking for cutters as we can, trying not to score too early, but yet to get a better shot because we don't have anybody in there to rebound. What's the hardest thing to teach with that? Like what's the hardest thing to convey? Is it the pacing? Is it the getting the ball out of the rim and going? What's the hardest aspect well, it, of the teaching part? It's consistency in, one, getting the ball out of the rim because you don't want to let the ball drop. You want to take the ball right out of the net. You want to take one step left or right, and you got to hit that guard on that curl. And then the, she either throws it from the backcourt ahead. If she sees that there's an opening on the wing, she's going to throw it ahead, and it's an immediate shot. And then we try to get four people into the rebounding area. person who shoots it, they repair to the top of the key. So if we get the rebound, we can kick it back out to them. And then we split and get out to our shooting spots. 
And the person who gets the ball back at the top of the key either makes a move, goes to the basket, or puts it back in. We scored over 1,250 points, which for us was a school record, and, and we only played 24 games because uh, we got beaten the first round of the playoff. Unfortunately, we gave right. up about 1,200 points too. Right. So I'm playing you. I'm 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 bringing my team to your place, and I'm playing you. What am I doing to you? Like, what am I trying? I mean, do you have a shot clock? No, we don't have one in Colorado yet. Okay. So what do I do to beat you? Like, what am I doing? Like, what's your biggest obstacle? Maybe that's a better way of putting it. What's my, you know, what am well, I doing? And what's your biggest obstacle with the, with running the fast Grinnell system kind of thing? Taking away the outlet when we get a rebound. Putting hard, you go into complete deny on our two best offensive weapons. That forces somebody who's not quite as talented to handle the basketball and run things because you've all now you've devoted two people. We've got to now figure out who's going to be the, our, our third and fourth best shooters and where do they need to be and getting kids to accept the fact that you've told them, Oh, you're our third and fourth best shooter. I want you here. I want you here. And you may or may not get the shot that you want to take. I mean, it, it goes back to that. We is greater than me thing where you have to understand. And, and in that book, it talks about, you number your players as to how you want them in the sequence to take a shot. Uh, the school out east, coaching boys, we actually had a shooting license that you had to go through some a drill, and we gave you a license, like a driver's license, a license to shoot. And if you didn't have that license to shoot, we didn't want you shooting the basketball. I love that. And, I actually like that idea. Uh, so I'm gonna maybe I'll triangle them to you. And then I'll double your two best players. No, people tried that. People tried that, and it didn't work. Okay. Because typically, the people that they had trying to do that, our girls could beat them off a the dribble. Okay. Um, what worked best is when they tried to when they over they were overly physical with those two girls. Yeah, physicality. I'm telling you, I'm convinced physic physicality can neutralize athleticism. Yeah, and. The girl who was um, the player of the year in our in our area, she's great going to her right. You take away her right, she struggles a little bit. And teams started recognizing that. And like I told her this year, and she mentioned this to the person who was doing the interview for the um, paper on the um, player of the year. She, he asked her, I said, what do you need to work on? Well, my coach says I need to work on my left hand. And I kind of agree with him. You know, that's that good. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she heard you. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's things that are fixable and that's, you know, put in the dribble drive stuff to, in, to go along with, and the dribble drive is no more than a different term for read and react. Cause yeah, there's more dribbling probably with the dribble drive, but yeah, that's, they're similar. They're very, it's a motion kind of. Yeah. And, and we're, what we're working on now is we're working on, the timing from the wing to the shooting corner or from the shooting corner back to the wing as they attack either down the baseline and making that baseline out of bounds pass, or they're coming in reverse pivoting to hit the person coming in the, because there, there are always openings. If you go back and watch film, I mean, there's so many openings if people are just smart enough. Yeah. And it's reads kids aren't good yeah. at reads anymore. And part of it is like, to be, okay, I'm going to sound like the old guy, get off my porch kind of guy. But in the old days, we'd go to the park, we'd have a jug of water, and we'd go hoop. 
and I, you learn to read. They don't learn to read. They, they there's everything's too structured now. It's like, yeah, it's like go hoop, man. You'll figure out the reads if you play enough. But I don't think they. I, I literally don't think they play like just freelance play enough. No, um, no. Everything has, yeah. The thing that I'm trying to get the girls to understand, especially the the ones, twos, and threes, is you've got to find and read backside help. If you can understand where backside help is going to come from, then you have a greater success of getting a tremendous shot. And I, you know, I emphasize having taking great shots versus good shots. Um, then they laugh at that. Coach, I just made this three. That was a great shot. I said, no, it was a good shot because of the sequence that you shot it in. You know, time and score. They right. Yeah. What the hell's time and score? It's like, okay, you're up two with 35 seconds and you have the ball. Yes, you're yeah. open from three. You shouldn't shoot that. This I always use an example like in the last, like, do you think you should shoot that? And, well, no. I go, well, that's time and score. Like, you have to yeah. know what the time, like, and the thing is, part of that falls on us, too. We have to practice. Oh, yeah. That falls on us as coaches. We have to spend time on that. Um, we have to, you know, find that specific thing in the practice um so uh anything else on on that i got a couple other questions i want to ask but any other questions on or anything else you want to share on the on the system or on kind of what you're doing there you don't have to be the fastest to run it you've got to be consistent in your approach i mean two years ago we couldn't have run it with the the plotters that we had but if you have average speed and you have ever and you have a determination to do things the way you're practicing it you can run it with with average speed because you're going to catch teams that don't transition very well right i mean you're going to you're going to catch teams that oh i forgot to cover this person over here and boom there's that three bam i like it i mean I'm, there's only four things that happen in a basketball game you're on offense you're on defense you're transitioning to offense or you're transitioning to defense. Yeah. And to be honest with you, coaches work on two of the four. They work on yep. their offense and they work on their defense. They don't work on their transition to their offense and they don't work on their transition to their defense nearly as much as the first two. Oh no, you're right. And we're just as guilty of it. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying they just don't. And it's like, that's where you can explore. You have to figure out how as the coach, how you can exploit that because you're always in one of those four stages. You're transitioning to one of the two or you're in one of the two. Yep. And and, and I'm guilty of it for 30 plus years. I'm working on my offense. I'm working on my defense. Yeah, I do that. But I don't spend the time on the transition to offense or the transition to defense. Yeah, one of the things that. one of the things that I want to make a better effort at this year is to improve our press defense. I mean, we we run we run the one, two, two, um, we'll run a diamond. We'll run different versions of the one, two, two. We'll run a two, two, one. We'll run a, um, a two, one, two after made free throws. Cause I usually put the free throw shooter as the rabbit going, you know, sideline to sideline in the trap and they understand it. They just don't execute it the way I want it executed. <laughs> and that's my <laughs> fault because I haven't, you know, we haven't repped it enough. Right. Right. It's, it's reps. It's like, but then you're also repping a lot of shots and you're probably getting, so it's also figuring out, is there anybody else in your area that runs it? There are several teams in our area that get up and down the floor. I don't know that they're running the Grinnell system, but they get up and down the floor. They're kicking it out. They're going, 
They're making a baseball pass down the court. There are, you know, there are several teams. One of them graduated several of the key players that they had last year running this, their fast break offense. So I don't know what they're going to be doing. Um, right. There are, there are a couple of teams that seem to be continually loaded with talent. You know, our goal, I mean, John Wooden said, if you want to beat the best, you got to play like you're, you got to practice like you're playing the best every week. Trying to implement that sometimes is tough. The emotional end up, the, the emotional aspects of coaching girls just befuddles me. I told that I've told many stories about my I coach girls volleyball for a couple of years. It's a, it's a different cookie. Um, so I want to talk about like okay, so you have two dogs. Let's talk about your dogs before we talk about what oh, kind of dogs labs. you have. You have two labs. I have two goldens. Yeah. Labs. Oh, okay. Are, Labs are uh, le- less hair, so that's better. Actually, I, I love, I love, uh, I love my goldens, but they have lots of hair. So, talk about the Special Olympics with your daughter and stuff. I think that's a wonderful. I, we said this, but I was talking to you about this before we came on the air. But um, I think it's a special. It, it, well, no, no pun intended, but it, it's a special thing. And and talk about how you've been involved with that. Well, um, my daughter, who's now twenty nine, she's okay. been involved with Special Olympics. Uh, for a long time. I mean, a really long time. And was it basketball she played? She plays basketball. She bowls. She plays bocce ball. And there was one. Oh, swimming, swimming. And the people that I help with basketball, um, the lady who organizes our club called the Colorado Ninjas. Um, her husband is a girls coach at another high school here in town. And they put things together to where you talk about being down in the grass. They're down in the short grass with a group of individuals who just love the attention and the love that's given to them. I mean, they will go through a wall for somebody. Oh, um, yeah. it, it, it is <laughs> it's incredible. the purest. I tell people, if you want to see pure sport, that's pure sport. Yep. Uh, I and think their I, motto. Well, yeah. Oh yeah. They're, their motto is tremendous. You know, please let me compete. But if I can't compete, please let me be brave with the outcome or something similar to that. Right. But Special Olympics. And I've I've had girls that have gone and helped with some of our Special Olympic practices. And then I've had girls who, you know, they didn't want to do it. Um, but I think when you go and watch and you go and see the difference in abilities and it's not because they don't want to be good. They want to be as good as you are and they will work harder than you are. That's the example. And that's what you should take from it. Right. Because right. in my opinion, the kids and the adults in special Olympics, they're doing it just because they love the game. I mean, they, they see all this stuff on TV and the NBA and stuff, and they're out there trying to mimic it. And there's a little kid that was on uh, Shelby's basketball team. His name is Zach. He's a Down syndrome kid, and he's probably 5'2 at most. He'll come down, and he will huck up a three as soon as he crosses half court. And he'll hit the backboard, and he hits the backboard with a lot of force, and that ball bounces right back to him, and he's throwing it up again. He does, He's not going to pass it to anybody. But then if somebody else gets a rebound and Shelby's in the game, they all encircle her to give her multiple blocks so that she can – because she shoots underhanded and right. to get her a basket. So 
that the we before me part comes what comes out in a big way. Oh, it and, does. It does. That's my retirement plan is the to get involved in Special Olympics and yeah, it's uh it's a special thing. And and most people don't know the Kennedys are the ones that started it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know, was it I forgot I, th- I think it was Ethel. Was it Ethel? It's one of yeah, it was one of the yeah. Kennedys in like the sixties and stuff. So um yeah, you would you we would have thought it's Ron a lot longer, but um a wonderful thing. So if anyone that's listening is thinking of of giving back financially Fine. or time wise, you'll you'll get you'll get a thousand times back if you do it. Yeah, um, and yeah. you've got disabilities of all levels and all types. And the the kids who come out there in swimming, we saw um older adults coming out in walkers getting in the pool and swimming as hard as they could for as long as they could. Right. And, and, you know, and I don't really think they care about them. The, some of them do, they really get into their medals and the ribbons and stuff, but it's just getting out and being able to compete. Right. It, right. You know, it, it's just, it warms your heart. To see it does. It. it does. And then it's like with everything that's going on all over the world. I mean, if you need yeah. a little ray of sunshine there, I'm telling you from the times I've gone, um, yeah, there's your ray of sunshine. Uh, so again, anyone that's listening, if you want to if, either in time or financially, if you want to help and give something back to something that will change people's lives, special Olympics is definitely one. And, and, and again, this isn't coach saying this is something I saw in his, on his questionnaire before he sent it. So that was, that's a hundred percent me. Um, uh, all right. So coaching failure, do you have a coaching failure that might help a coach that's listening? Yeah. There are kids, both boys and girls that didn't devote enough time to that. I, um, in looking back on failed to reach to help them succeed outside of the sport both football, basketball, those are the ones that, you know, stick with you. It's um, the, you know what, you know what I call that? And I, and I've had those and I've, cause I've done it for 30 years. It's almost a parent guilt. It's like, mm-hmm. like, you know how we, we all have parent guilt. Like, Oh, we didn't, I didn't spend enough time reading with my kid. It's like, we all have that on different levels about different things about our own kids. It's the same thing. It's almost like coaching guilt. Like mm, that kid, could I have helped them? Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about, and and, yeah. and no one's ever brought that up before. But I, I as a failure, but I, I I see that as one of mine too. I can go back and look at my old rosters, and it's like that kid. Did I spend enough time with that kid? Did I reach that kid? Did I help them? You know, um, and it's that guilt. It's like because yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm a very sarcastic individual. and so my coach so my and that's why they have me teaching seniors because seniors get sarcasm freshmen don't get sarcasm like i'll be sarcastic and they'll look at me like seniors it's because it's a higher level of 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 humor yeah yeah (laughs) but the 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 sarcastic wit can be cutting to someone hey everybody hope you enjoyed it make sure you subscribe like Jump up and down, review, do whatever you got to do. Um, also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great Sports Social Podcast Network.